The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. At least five Democrats and two Republicans in Virginia's House of Delegates are running for higher office. As Ben Pavier reports, that doesn't mean they're out of a job if they lose. Virginia law allows candidates for statewide office to run for their House seats at the same time. But Stephen Farnsworth, who teaches politics at the University of Mary Washington, says it's not a good look. Well, I I don't think that voters take too kindly to that kind of public office shopping. Farnsworth says all those potential vacancies could leave Democrats more vulnerable. Republicans need to flip six seats in order to retake the House. Another uncertainty for House candidates is the boundaries of their districts. The lines are supposed to be redrawn early next year by a new redistricting committee. Pandemic-related delays at the Census Bureau could push that process back. Ben Pavier, VPM News. Former Governor Terry McAuliffe is expected to announce whether he'll run for his old job again in the coming weeks. Stephen Farnsworth is a professor of political science at the University of Mary Washington. He says McAuliffe is an early frontrunner. It'll be very hard for candidates for governor not named McAuliffe to, make, to compete with McAuliffe in a Democratic primary in terms of name recognition, in terms of fundraising capacity, in terms of being well-known across the state. Two Democratic lawmakers, Jennifer Carroll Foy and Jennifer McClellan, are also running. If either wins, they would be the first black woman to become governor of a U.S. state. Virginia's top diversity officer is urging leadership at Virginia Military Institute to reckon with complaints of racism at the public college. Whitney Evans reports. VMI's new Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee met for the first time Monday. The group, comprised of members from the Board of Visitors, invited Governor Ralph Northam's chief diversity officer, Janice Underwood, to offer guidance. Underwood outlined best practices, or what she called the do's and don'ts of diversity initiatives. She urged VMI leadership to lean into discomfort and avoid hollow statements. She directed the committee to view this work as a long-term investment, not a crisis response. You must remove institutional barriers of inequity. And if you don't, at least accept the idea that institutional barriers exist, how can you remove them? Governor Northam ordered an investigation into VMI's culture after allegations of racism surfaced, including a lynching threat and a faculty member who spoke fondly of her family's involvement in the KKK. The Institute's longtime superintendent resigned under pressure last month after black cadets spoke to the Washington Post. Whitney Evans, VPM News. Many local medical centers that have been providing COVID-19 testing are reporting increased demand and they're reporting a shortage of supplies. Dr. Danny Avula of the Richmond and Henrico Health Districts told reporters yesterday he expects a short-term backlog of testing availability and hopes CARES Act funding will help close that gap. I think that there will be opportunities, particularly with funding that that uh, you know has to be spent by the end of December to purchase testing supplies and to get those to our providers out in communities. Avula says his office has just recently become aware of the situation and is still working to assess how significant the shortage is. Richmond's Task Force for Reimagining Public Safety has released its final report. It highlights recommendations for incorporating more social services into policing. Roberta Roldan has more. The task force's report backs some of the reforms demanded by Black Lives Matter protesters this summer. 
It calls for creating a new system for non-criminal calls where social service providers can respond to mental health crises and civil disputes. The task force also backed calls to take a look at the Richmond Police Department budget for areas that could be reallocated to social services. The group, which has community members, police, and prosecutors, also made numerous recommendations for improving police interactions. Some suggestions include creating uniform business cards for police officers that show how people can file complaints and hosting regular town halls on policing. Ultimately, it'll be up to Mayor LeVar Stoney and City Council to act on this report. Roberto Roldan, VPM News. Powhatan County has announced a grant program to help restaurants and bars increase the number of customers they can serve during the winter months. Through the Powhatan Business Winterization Grant, businesses can apply for up to $10,000. The program is funded by the Federal CARES Act and covers the cost of things like tents, heaters, and seating. The application deadline is next Wednesday, December 2nd. Thanksgiving is going to look different for everyone this year because of the pandemic. Jonah Grinkowitz from our partner station, WHRV, reports that food banks in the Eastern Shore and Hampton Roads are seeing fewer food donations ahead of the holidays. More people are food insecure this year because of the pandemic. It's forced food banks to change the ways they serve the community. Literally overnight, we had to pivot and change our service delivery models. That's Ruth Jones Nichols with the Food Bank of Southeastern Virginia and the Eastern Shore. She said they've shifted to drive-through food distribution and home deliveries for seniors. The same goes on the peninsula, where Karen Joyner manages the food bank. She said that they've gotten a lot of calls from people who are looking for a place to get a hot meal this Thanksgiving. Usually, people can gather at centralized partner agencies, like soup kitchens. But this year, that isn't happening. I think it's going to be more difficult for people who can't cook their own Thanksgiving dinner to find a place to have a holiday meal. Both food banks have had to purchase more food this year because of about a 30% drop in donations. Ruth Jones Nichols said the holidays are typically a difficult time for hungry families, even in a normal year. If we can help individuals have one less worry during this holiday season, I think that will go a long way. Jonah Grinkowitz, VPM News. To learn about local efforts to keep food on the table for Virginians, check out the story on free meal distribution sites at vpm.org news. The city of Petersburg is partnering with local restaurants to provide Thanksgiving meals for people experiencing food insecurity because of the pandemic. Each restaurant participating in the program, Feed the Need with the Taste of Petersburg, will offer prepackaged meals that will be delivered to families. City officials expect more than 7,000 meals will be served. The initiative is funded by the Federal CARES Act. Although the application for Thanksgiving has closed, the city plans to offer a similar program for Christmas. All the stories you've heard can be found online at vpm.org news. This has been the Daily VPM Newscast. The newscast is taking a break for the holiday weekend and will return on Tuesday, December 1st. Happy Thanksgiving from VPM News. VPM. I'm Speech Thomas from the hip-hop crew Arrested Development. On the new VPM podcast, Track Change, I take you behind the walls of Richmond City Jail, where I help four men record an album and hear how they're trying to break free from a cycle of addiction and incarceration. Been so long since I've been free. Subscribe to Track Change in your podcast app.